Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt. Take a real good look at it, Ricky Steamboat, because you're not that good. You're going all the way down to the bottom of the ladder again, only because you're not as good as the Macho Man Randy Savage. Love of fear that'll last forever, and you're not going to stop it. You understand that, Dragon? Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with James Prophet. And we are bringing you the third feud in our series of feuds. Um, <laughs> one for the books, right, James? An all-timer? It is. This match is still, and I say this match, right. because really this feud all comes down to one very famous match. Still remembered fondly to this day. So talked about every single year around March. We're get, but we're going to cover the whole thing. We're going to do the feud. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage. So, if you've only seen the match, or maybe the Superstars match that was the, I guess, the launching point for the feud, stay tuned. You're going to get everything that went into it, it, and everything that followed that's never talked about. Yeah, James, I guess we'll get into it eventually, but I'm curious, right out of the gate, does the match hold up for you? Just... Yay or nay? Yay. Does the match hold up for you? Yay. Yay. Because <laughs> in a previous episode, you said you watched this match like yeah. every year. Yeah, I love this match. Okay. Um, I mean, I kind of knew that it would hold up for me, but I was kind of curious with all of the stuff leading up to it. I don't watch that If it that would take away. Year. Yeah. Yeah, or add to it either way. Um, like the Brett Owen feud, I definitely right. feel like added to it because yep. it gave so much more nuance and depth to the matches. Like they would reference little things from the feud in those matches. And same with Shauna Taker. Yeah. Um, that was that stuff that you didn't even get to see until this year when you're watching it for the whatever time of watching that match. <laughs> Can All I t- of the buildup. So I was listening to our WrestleMania 25 episode. Um, can I tell you how hard I wanted to kick myself for something? Sure. Shawn Taker feud. It starts with The Undertaker wanting revenge against Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. It ends with Shawn Michaels wanting revenge against The Undertaker 13 years later, which is some pretty amazing symmetry. And I just think we were so tired when we recorded it that like all these little story elements that I usually like to go into... I they just weren't occurring to me. I was so busy recapping. So you're saying recording months apart from each other is not a good idea? <laughs> it might not be the best idea. I actually thought the same thing on uh, the flip side with this one is I watched a lot of this stuff in the last week, and so all of it is actually fresh in my mind. Excellent, cool. And so hopefully there won't be much of that kicking ourselves. Um, yeah. But we'll see. So. so with that being said, before we get going... Yep. Before we do the song, the yeah. reason I know you're really all here, I'd like to read something, if that's okay. Sure. All right, so I just talked about revenge in the Shantaker feud. It kind of has occurred to me, with that one and now this one, revenge is sort of a central element in what we've been covering, but also in a lot of wrestling feuds in general, okay? There's something that's talked about in a lot of circles when discussing forgiveness. It's called the myth the myth of redemptive retaliation. And so what this means is that you'll feel better... If you take revenge, you know, that's a central theme in action movies, generally speaking, and a lot of famous books. And again, we talked about some famous lit books in episode one of Sean Taker and like those that criticize revenge, those that glorify it. The myth of redemptive retaliation generally says it doesn't work. Revenge never works. Um, The Bible, you know, pretty much I always sort of like... I, I'm a believer, and so there are two things I will only ever say. Like, I'll jokingly say, like, oh, I can't. That's against my religion. You're not allowed to judge people, and you're not allowed to not forgive people. Mm-hmm. So I will say, all oh, those two things are against my religion. In, I'm going to kind of talk history for a minute. Uh, yeah. All right, so Sri Lanka. Okay, back in 2007, there were a lot of terrorist attacks going on. And so the Sri Lankan government... Uh, came up with this thing that they called immediate mutual retaliation, which would mean that like if the terrorists bombed a bus, they would drop bombs on a village. And like, and that's an example of something that happened. And it would be within 24 hours, so immediate mutual retaliation. You kill 30 of our people, we're going to make sure we kill at least that many of yours. In the Middle East, you know that's been going on for like hundreds of years over and over. And 
the theory is it it doesn't work like it's never worked if it worked there'd be no more wars in the middle east all these warring factions wouldn't hate each other but it's still going on right okay so josh i'm gonna talk about a movie for a second okay okay you've done religion history movies (laughs) yes have you seen dead man walking i have with sean penn yeah i haven't is it any good um Depends on what year you watched it. Okay. <laughs> when it came out, yes. <laughs> now, probably not. It's about this guy, this true life story. This guy kidnapped a couple, uh, threw them in his trunk. He stabbed the boyfriend and essentially left him for dead. And the girl, he would just pull out and rape every once in a while and then throw her back in the trunk. And so he he got caught. The boyfriend lived. Um, and she had to testify in order to kind of send him to jail, and he got the death penalty. And so she was really struggling. She didn't want to hold on to this, like, anger and resentment forever, but she didn't know how to forgive him either, right? Right. So on the theme of forgiveness, she started – somebody, I think, tipped her off, or maybe she found it, but it's a book called Forgive and Forget, Okay. So there's a chapter in that book called Forgiving Monsters, and this is a quote from it. If we say that monsters are beyond forgiving, we give them a power that they should never have. They sentence their victims to a lifetime of unhealed pain. They're given power to keep their evil alive in the hearts of those who have already suffered the most. And so with that being said, this feud really follows that theme of a monster, a heinous act... Going for mutual, equal retaliation, that not working, and then just deciding to let it go, and then that bringing redemption. So, with that lighthearted intro... <laughs> yes. Now we're going to talk about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat learning to say the letter E. <laughs> Stay with us. Welcome back. This is how it starts, okay? 1986 is where we are. Randy Savage had spent most of the year feuding off and on with Tito Santana and George the Animal Steel. Ricky Steamboat had spent most of the year feuding with Don Morocco and Jake the Snake Roberts, okay? Those both kind of are wrapping up. Savage Steel still has a ways to go, but it's about to fall to the background. Uh, Steamboat has beaten Jake, he's beaten Morocco, and now they're positioning him as the next contender for the Intercontinental title. So before we get to TV, they had done some house show matches, and we actually, we covered one of them. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Sure. So, alright, so on our playlist, which is um, on YouTube, the Savage Steamboat playlist, um, there is a promo where Randy Savage calls his reign with the Intercontinental Belt a love affair that will never end. <laughs> yeah. And he tells Ricky Steamboat he's not going to break it up like he's a home wrecker. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. And then the match is on the WWE Network. It's under old school. Okay. It's November 1st, 86. And I mean, if you're hearing this, you, I'm almost positive you've seen Savage vs. Steamboat. Even our friends that don't watch wrestling have seen this match with us, most of them. Like, yeah. Bill, uh, me, Nick, we used to watch this every year in college, the whole WrestleMania three card. My sister has seen it. Um, so this one, this house show match, I thought it wasn't really like what we get at WrestleMania three, and it wasn't like the match we're going to talk about later on, which is like two weeks out of WrestleMania three. This, to me, it was a good match, but it felt more like let's take turns doing our moves, and yep. then we'll just do a finish. I mean, pretty much a house show match, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Send the fans home happy. And- Steamboat wins by count out, yep. you know, slides in on a count of nine, doesn't win the title, and that's about it. It's really not important. It doesn't pertain to the television feud too much, but just to give you the background here that around the nation, they're positioning Steamboat as an IC challenger. And speaking of IC, James, uh, when we first talked about doing this feud together, it was around the anniversary of. The yeah. Intercontinental Championship. What was it, 30? 40? So it started in 79. So, yeah, we'd be 89, 99, yeah, 40. 40, yeah. 40th anniversary of the Intercontinental title. 
at the time, James, <laughs> uh, how would you say they played up the Intercontinental Belt? Was it... Like back in 87? Yes. Okay, back in 87, it was a really big deal. So essentially, now we have Raw and SmackDown, okay? So essentially, there are two touring brands, and then NXT would be like the third touring brand, okay? In the 1980s... This is pretty much the exact setup that they had, okay? There was the A house show run, the B house show run, and the C house show run. So the A house show run would be Hulk Hogan versus whoever, okay? The B house show run would oftentimes be headlined by the Intercontinental Championship. And then the C house show run would be sort of like a upper mid-card feud, and it would be like... The C house show would be like in a thousand fifteen hundred seat place. The B run would be in like you know five to ten thousand, and then this, and then the A house show run would be like ten to twenty thousand. Okay, Cincinnati so, Gardens, yeah, Cincinnati Gardens, stuff like that. <laughs> Riverfront uh, Coliseum back yeah. in the day for the Natty, yeah. So anyway, uh, it was a really big deal. It was very important, and Randy Savage. In 86, as the Intercontinental Champion, you could definitely one of the top five most important performers in the company. Okay. So yeah, there was like Hogan, whoever Hogan was feuding with, Andre the Giant, Roddy Piper, and after that, Intercontinental Champion. Okay. James, I have another question for you to help us set the stage for this feud. Okay. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Yes. Okay, so his birth name... Do you know what it is, James? I do. The greatest. He all right. Josh is going to share this in a minute. He was born with the greatest wrestling name of all time, and he changed it. So his name is Richard Henry Blood. His yeah. His real life name is Dick Blood. Dick Blood. (laughs) Um, and he's from Richard Henry Blood from New York, and he's billed as Ricky. Steamboat from the Dragon Steamboat from from Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii. So what the hell? I mean, you have the most badass sounding name from the toughest city in America, right? And he's like, "Yeah, but you're a wrestler." So is this? (laughs) Why wouldn't you keep that? Is this straight up Vince? Bad idea territory, or this is before he got to Vince. Okay, this is uh, Vince Senior. No, this is the NWA. (laughs) Yeah, this is his territory day. I don't know what was going on. It so here's the thing: if your name's Richard Blood, right, you better be kind of the badass, right? Steamboat is not that. He's he's (laughs) oh man, calling him Courtney, huh? I mean. Okay. We'll play some of his I, promos. I, I, I was going to say... You know, I've had a few matches with him in the past couple of months, and everybody knows that uh, I've lost my cool, lost my temper, got disqualified, pushed the referee around. I'm very sorry for all of that, but this time I know when I come in March 29th, it's going to be heads up for the championship. He is a gentleman. Yep. He is a family man. Sure. He is very well-spoken. So yeah, and so I would say, yeah, he's not going to, like... He's not the badass out there making like, threats like a Richard Blood would do. Yeah, I mean, I get, like, not keeping that, but at least keeping his last name, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if not either of those, where does Steamboat come from? I, mean, I have no idea where Steamboat comes that, from. Nobody thinks that's a last name. <laughs> like, what in the world? <laughs> he so. runs like a Steamboat. There was this thing uh, several years ago. Do you recall Simon Dean, the fit- fitness guru? Yes. Okay. So, Dean Malenko was an agent at the time. His real name is Dean Simon. And so, they named him Simon Dean kind of as like a huh, wink-wink thing like amongst the crew backstage. It's not like it's a, as good of a name as anything else. Yeah. Maybe one day a tough wrestler will come along and they'll name him Richard Blood. And we'll be like, hey, Ricky Steamboat, that's for you, buddy. I mean, if they ever would have done it, the Attitude Era, right? I mean, part of the um, the brood or something could have been... Oh, Richard Blood. Blood. Dick Blood. <laughs> Bro, this is how it works, okay? The I'm lights sure that, go that out. That was an idea, and it was shot down. Oh, my so. gosh. Okay, so, yeah, we have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, which I thought Wait, possibly... Wait, hold on. Dick Blood on a pole match? 
Oh, God. <laughs> Would that be a Vince Russo trope? I feel like that in some other timeline has happened. Um, <laughs> so, Ricky the Dragon scene. So, the dragon part and him wearing, like, a karate uniform. A gi, yeah. He wears you know, a gi. He's a martial artist. I, at first, was kind of like, is this racist? But I did look, and he is half Japanese, I want to say. Okay. So it checks out, okay. I guess. But it's just also weird. Ricky Steamboat, and he's from Hawaii, mm-hmm. but he's also in a karate uniform. Now, the dragon part, that is something that was added in the WWF. Okay. So before then, he was Ricky Steamboat, just sort of like happy, you know, nice, good-looking baby face. And but when did he, he wear get... the gi and stuff and... No. before then? Okay. Mm-mm. He got to the WWF, and he didn't wear it either. If you watch WrestleMania 1, there's a match with him. He's in traditional tights. Yep. He does some of the same What moves. they call the Stone Cold tights, right? Uh, yeah, Just there kidding. you go. <laughs> Stone Cold tights. <laughs> <laughs> and he does some karate, but that's kind of it. And so somewhere between WrestleMania and WrestleMania 2... He does ninja training, and so they have these really bad vignettes of him fighting guys in like full black ninja costumes with mask on, who are sneak attacking him, and all this like cheesy eighty stuff. It's awesome if you like really stupid things, yeah. and that's when he becomes the dragon. And I will, to be clear, I love him. I'm not. I'm just being silly, but. All right, so let's go straight to Superstars of Wrestling. They announced that Steamboat's getting a title shot next yes. week, and uh, they go to the next week, show up and set up with Steamboat saying, this is my opportunity. I'm not going to let it slip through my fingers. One thing I loved about this promo, speaking of the Intercontinental Belt, is he said that he's climbed to the top of the ladder, mm-hmm. and it's for the IC belt. So it's really making that championship uh, have a lot of clout. Yeah, so this is like the movie She's All That, and I had not intended to talk about this tonight. The Bible, uh, (laughs) all of the classics, and She's All That. Forgive and forget the book, very deep, heavy book, and then She's All That. So the the, uh, thesis of the movie She's All That, it's a high school movie, and they decide if a popular boy dates a girl that is not popular, she will suddenly be attractive and hot due to association. Right. Right? Okay. So, conversely, if you, like, kind of talk about an object, like it's an object of desire, that makes it more important. So, you don't just want, like, the number one contender. You want, like, two or three people saying, like, you know, the Intercontinental title is looking very interesting to me right now. And you want the commentator saying, like, he might be in line for an Intercontinental title shot soon and things like that. Like, that's where careers are trying to get to. They did that a lot a lot in the early 90s. So, this is something like that. You know, Steamboat saying, you know, I've fought my way. You said he said he's built up to this um climb to the top of the ladder i think is what he says yeah so him just putting the icy belt calling that the top of the ladder yeah putting the belt over basic wrestling foreshadowing putting on top of a ladder oh ba, ba, <laughs> da, da. and with that that scene of savage steamboat now we're out of sean razor, <laughs> sean razor. <laughs> so james yes. this match this is Superstars Super of Wrestling, Star the Saturday Star. morning show, Savage Steamboat. This is probably the second most famous match that solely exists to start an angle ever, right behind Bruno Larry, the yeah. exhibition match. One thing I liked from this is that Gorilla says, look at his agility um, when he does hip toss. <laughs> so We've come a long way in the last 30 way. years. Savage tries to jump from the top rope to the outside, and he misses landing on his knee. Mm-hmm. Steamboat wins on a countout. Oh, yeah. By the way, we should mention Danny Davis comes out at the start of the match to try to take over as referee. Yes. Danny Davis was infamously <laughs> the referee when Savage beat uh, Santana for the title. And then also for a rematch where Savage repeated knocking Santana out with brass knucks and like blatantly stuffed them into his tights on the cover. And Danny yeah. Davis just ignored it, counted three. And so, yeah, he... He's again, a big fan of those uh, trunk... Hiding brass knuckles. Yes, and he's a big fan of Randy Savage, as we'll find out in this match. <laughs> yes. Steamboat is thoroughly confused as to why he didn't win the bell on a countout, which I think is hilarious. Okay, so that is the That's... house show match you're talking about. I am all confused, James. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Seamit wins by count out. He that they did that all the time in the eighties, where the face would be like, "What? I'm not the champion." Yeah, remember, Even me uh, as a seven year old knew that. How well, did these thirty year old men? Remember, not? my favorite is Luger beating Yokozuna. SummerSlam '93 and like confetti raining down and it's like <laughs> all the you good guys are going to idiot on shoulders. <laughs> like what the hell? Basically made a 400 pound dude like not be able to get back into the ring. <laughs> and they wonder why Lex got less popular yeah. after that. Okay, James, take it away. Okay, so the match is about 10 minutes. I'd actually go about four stars on this 10 minute match. Uh, all sorts of little interesting things that happen here. Mentioned Danny Davis at the start of the match. Um, we're in the deep throngs of the crooked referee angle here. And so he tries to take over as the ref, but Dave Hebner is the ref. He kind of sends him out. Uh, fast-paced match. Good stuff. Ref runs in to Randy Savage. And when that happens, Ricky Seamut goes to the top rope, hits the flying body press, and the ref kind of slowly runs, rolls over, counts one, two... But before he gets to three, Danny Davis slides back in the ring, stops the ref, and kind of pushes him into the corner like, are you okay? I saw you got hit. What's wrong? And uh, Steamo gets up from the pen to yell at Danny Davis, who then jumps out of the ring when he's confronted, like a true heel. Right. While this is happening, Savage gets back on his feet, flying knee into Steamboat's back, okay? And this is when the magic happens. So Randy Savage just realized, oh, crap, Ricky Steamboat can beat me. He had me pinned. But he's got the advantage. So what he does to protect his title, he ramps Steamboat into the guardrail, okay? Mm-hmm. And then that separates the ringside area from the fans. And then he drapes his neck across that sort of chokes him there for a second. And then he climbs to the top rope yeah. while Steamboat's still draped over the guardrail, jumps off the top with an axe handle down on the back of Steamboat's throat, shoving his larynx into the guardrail, and Steamboat flies backward after being crushed down, yeah. holding his throat, tongue flying out, coughing all over the place. And then Randy Savage throws Steamboat in the ring, gets the ring bell, climbs to the top rope again, and then jumps off the top, driving the ring bell into Steamboat's throat. I think he does it twice, right? Yep. And so while this is going on, Jesse Ventura, friends with Randy Savage, just goes, whoa. (laughs) Each time. And they take Steamboat out on a stretcher. He's coughing. He's holding his throat with both hands. He's kicking. It's like convulsing. What did you think of all this? So for the time, James, this seemed pretty gnarly. Is that true? It was... Okay, so I don't know how to answer that. Okay. They were definitely kind of getting more family friendly, but they still treated the major angles like pro wrestling. So you'd get these kind of betrayals. There'd be some bloody moments every once in a while. Okay. Um, well, I just know the it's super violent based gravity on how of how it. they discuss it afterwards and everything okay. makes it sound like he almost died. Yeah, and the crowd's and reaction, you know, <laughs> they are not a fan of Randy Savage. At yeah, this, at this time, so at, yeah, he's a heel. At this point, Vince had come out and said, like, we're entertainment. You know, he'd said that to save money on taxes in some states, right? But it's not like this was national news, so. It was, I think, I keep wanting to think everybody knows it's fake. Mm-hmm. But I know that wasn't the case always back then. I mean, for sure kids, right? I mean, that's a lot of the crowd, too. And Absolutely, a, yeah. A big part of it is thinking that this deal is really going to hurt somebody and the fear of that, I guess. And, and that had just happened in front of them, yeah. So they're taking Seema to the back. This is... Honestly, maybe my favorite part of the whole feud, and it has nothing to do with Ricky Steamboat or Randy Savage, Bruno Sammartino. Okay, so during this time, he's a legendary wrestler. He was a two-time WWF champion. His first reign lasted eight years, I think. His second was two and a half. Yeah. He... Something real subtle. Yeah. He is retired, like, mostly. For the most part, retired. And he is a commentator. So he's doing an interview in the back. And, like, you see EMTs running around. You see, like, wrestlers, sort of, like, good guy wrestlers walking in the background, just, like, talking to each other, like, is Ricky okay? You know, stuff like that. 
and Sam Martino, the correspondent, is there in his WWF suit with his microphone saying, oh, Ricky Steamboat's just got taken out. You know, he's got that Italian accent. Yeah. He's like, he's on a stretcher. I, I don't know. They're, they're concerned about his breathing. Can he catch a breath? And while this is going on, Randy Savage comes through the back and he sees the camera on Bruno. And so he walks up to it. And he says, like, you see Steamboat, they carry him out yet? Well, they put a little mustard on the hot dog, serve him up for the champion. <laughs> and then he says, I'm so proud of myself. And he's still talking to the camera. And Bruno, yeah. this, like, old grizzled vet, just pulls the camera away. And Savage doesn't even notice. And Bruno says, you're proud of yourself, you slime. And he takes both his hands and he throws them on his throat like a death choke. And then he slams his full body up against the wall, choking him out. And then Bruno's friends run over to pull Bruno off. Not to help Randy Savage. Like, no, Bruno, no, this isn't who you are. This isn't who right. you want to be. Because he's like choking randy savage to death almost yeah it's intense yeah it, it's awesome like i totally buy bruno sammartino it's just some old guy that's like i'm done yep. with the bull crap yep. and uh, I, I geeked so hard for that what did you think of that segment yeah, that's, man? it's awesome how we we talked about in the last two feuds the um secondary characters that come in yeah and kind of help the feud you know, go move along, yeah, yeah, move along, and then also like last a little bit longer, so it's not just like one or two matches and it's done. Mm-hmm. I think Bruno is uh, perfect for this feud as far as that goes. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't know about the other person in the feud, but we'll get to that we'll later. get there. the The funny thing after Bruno chokes Savage and gets pulled off, they go back to Jesse and Vince on commentary. Mm-hmm. Savage dropping the ring bell on Steamboat's throat. Jesse just says, whoa. Right. But they come back here and Jesse says, I've never seen such a cheap shot in my life yeah. as Bruno Sammartino attacking the they, macho man I, during I, an interview unprovoked like that. You know, McMahon, what a despicable act on the part of Sammartino. What? He's supposed to be an unbiased reporter back there to try to get the facts and he attacks macho man Savage. You saw what happened. I can't believe it. I don't even think I'm going to work with Sam Martino up there anymore. I don't to work with me either. I think Savage, for the rest of the feud, calls him... <laughs> Mr. Cheap, cheap Shot. Mr. Yeah. Cheap Shot. Mr. Cheap Shot. Bruno <laughs> San Martino. Afraid to fight the new legend. Awesome. <laughs> so good. So, if you want to follow along with... Um, so, we have a playlist, by the way. We're going to put these on Facebook. Yes. Okay. This is on the network now. This is Primetime Wrestling from December 2nd. Well, James, you forgot to mention Okay, that Mean Gene um, calls Steamboat's wife. Yes, this is where he calls Steamboat's wife on you the know, phone. He's doing an update on Ricky Steamboat, and he talks to Bonnie. I just, like, this, this is so different from what we get these days. The bad acting. I mean, there's bad acting these days, but it's in a different kind of way. But Gene, I'm not only distraught and despondent, I'm angry. I mean, Rick really had to suffer over this injury. You know, there are many of those here in the World Wrestling Federation that contend that the injury suffered by your husband at the hands of Macho Man Randy Savage, many say it was totally intentional. Well, Gene, of course it was intentional. He jumped from the top rope. He crushed Rick's throat. I mean, he didn't have any reason to attack Rick that way. I just don't have anything but hatred for that man. Right. Uh, do you think this is bad acting? Yeah. You do? Okay. Mean Gene picking up the phone and just being like, Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello, Bonnie? Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, Gene is I bad I also acting. love the picture <laughs> I mean, this is all, like, super minor stuff, but the picture that they use for Steamboat's wife is just, like, a terrible shot of just, like, I don't know if it's, like, her in the crowd or something, but it's not even, like, a full, it's just, like, a profile, like, yeah, half, barely seen her. Um, anyway, he sends, <laughs> sends out his sympathies, and that's pretty much it, but I just thought that was definitely worth noting because it's it's kind of a thing that they go back to a few times here. 
checking on the condition of Steamboat. Uh, yeah, and they actually seeing did. how he's doing, you know, uh, what we'll get into. And, and they did two interviews time. with Bonnie, yeah. In one, she's yelling, saying there's no excuse for something like this. Right. And then the other one, she's sad, and saying she's very concerned for Ricky and obviously their family. Yeah. And she said, he can't talk, he's got a broken larynx. Yeah, his larynx, which I don't know that anybody, like, watching wrestling at the time knew what it was. I This is how they, I learned. Until they said it 18 times. I was seven cute. years old, and I learned what a larynx was because of pro wrestling. I mean, science, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Basic science. It'll teach you good things. So along those same lines, yeah, the, the next, the primetime wrestling that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is December 2nd. Can we talk about Bobby and Gorilla? Do you yeah. have a note on that? Um, my note is more about the doctor. So you go ahead with. All right. So the doctor is the next segment. Yes. That's twelve eleven. So on twelve two, after that Mean Gene interview with Bonnie, Gorilla says that literally thousands of letters have come in the last week asking about the condition of Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> which I don't know which is more funny if that was true or if it wasn't true. <laughs> And Bobby Heenan replies saying, it would have been more, but Steamboat's wife ran out of stamps, which was so good. So many throwaway lines he has that are... Oh my gosh, yeah. Amazing. Alright, next week, Josh. So yes, Let's talk about the doctor. Along the lines of bad acting, I mean, I don't know if this guy... Surely this guy is a wrestler, right? I mean, he's in... He has, like, long hair, has his lab cat lab coat... He's got a perm, right? Yeah, with like his chest hair coming out of his lab coat. Um, (laughs) Maybe he liked Miami Vice. (laughs) Saying that the outlook for Steamboat um, is not good. Now, Ricky Steamboat has vowed to return to the ring, and I'm very curious, Doctor, what would the possible consequences be if he should ever be struck in that area of the throat of the larynx? I worry about that, Gene. I think that that area has been weakened, and I think another blow to that area could be very disastrous to his uh, career and perhaps even fatal uh he's worried about him and worried about the possibility of him returning uh he recommends that he quits yeah um, be a quitter steamboat james i think this is the same doctor that cm punk sued um, <laughs> <It might be. laughs> uh they show mean gene um with your Josh is happy about with, it with your guy danny davis <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't remember Danny Davis from, like, if you'd asked me, like, a month ago if I remembered him, I don't, but now I think he's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's hilarious. So, um, he thought interjecting was the right thing to do, which makes, like, zero sense. sense. Um, Wanted to check out the ref, right? He also uses the expression, them's the brakes. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, what do you think about what happened to Ricky Steamboat? So it's like, hey, if you ask me, them's the brakes. I love it. It's my favorite so character good. in this feud. Yeah. Okay. And, and he said he doesn't appreciate being questioned all the time. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a bunch of primetime wrestlings coming up if you guys are following along. All right, so, yeah, December 17th, uh, again, we talked to the doctor again. And before we do, Bobby Heenan says... Since Steamboat can't talk, he he's going to tell everybody what's going on. And Gorilla says, well, what is it? And Bobby says, mum's the word, and starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> then they interview his doctor. Gene says he thinks that uh, Ricky is progressing quicker than anyone could have expected. Yeah, I thought this was funny because he says that his um, he's doing better and all that, but then also like if he's ever struck again... Another blow could be very disastrous, aka like kill him. Right. Yep. So it's like, and that is a running he's theme. Laying of this the feud. groundwork yeah. that, of course, he's coming back. Um, but also, like when you watch, be nervous because he could die in the ring. <laughs> right. Bobby Heenan responds to that by saying he'll never go to that doctor because if he's willing to work on Steamboat, he must be really hard up for work. <laughs> <laughs> Gorilla kind of reiterates that they're worried about what will happen if Steamboat comes back. And he just says, hey, if Steamboat is stupid enough to come back, of course he's going to get hurt. That's what will happen. And then we get to the real heart of this feud. I said that Bruno's my favorite thing. That was wrong. It's my favorite like little action part, probably. Yeah. But the best stuff in this is Randy Savage in prime Randy Savage mode giving promos. Yeah. This is like... 86, 87, Randy Savage, never a better talker. This is, I think, why everybody remembers him so fondly. Right. The Every time is like an, a home run. Yeah. A plus, yeah. Every single one. One thing I did notice, James, watching these is that 
his back is to the camera a lot. Yeah. And in modern like, WWE, if you would like, ever, nope. yeah, yeah, if you would ever ask like an acting coach or anything like that, I'm sure they'd say like, that's a huge no, no. And it just totally works because it does. It makes him look a little bit crazed. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really know where the camera is. Yeah. Um, and then eventually he always turns around to the camera. So then it like is this crescendo of his promo, you know, uh, I just love it. But like, it's so funny cause some of them I had to like rewind and turn up a little bit cause he's literally got his back to the camera. Yeah. And, and he'll whisper all real quiet. soft and then he'll talk real loud. Yeah. I'm sure this will, uh. Blow everyone's car speakers or headphones or whatever they're listening to. <laughs> when all we, we play all You'll turn it up to hear the soft spar- parts and then he'll yell. Then he'll yell. So, oh my oh, gosh, this, this is the perfect one. He yeah. says, "Poor little baby dragon can't talk," and then he has like the best worst line Weirdest. that makes no sense. <laughs> he says, "Sign language is for little kids." Oh no, the part <laughs> I was talking about is the end of it where he says, "If he's ever, if he ever wrestles them again." Take your wife's advice. Retire. Understand. Understand that you're learning sign language now. Understand you're trying to talk. Communicate. Two more signs that maybe you can add to your repertoire. Number one could be possibly this, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, your future. And then possibly... On primetime, after that Savage promo, which rules, Gorilla says a lot of people aren't happy with Randy Savage, including the guy Bobby Heenan isn't too fond of, Bruno San Martino. And Bobby (laughs) responds by saying, hey, I like Bruno. I respect anybody that can talk with six pounds of stromboli in their mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Which I actually was going to ask you about later, so... That's a little bit of a spoiler. My my complaint with the Savage Steamboat match, the only complaint I have, mm-hmm. is that Jesse Ventura is commentating and not Bobby Heenan. Okay. So do you know what's going on here where Heenan is in a lot of like the background stuff, but Ventura is more on the mic? So they used to have two syndicated shows. One was Superstars of Wrestling, which later became Superstars. One was Wrestling Challenge. Okay. So, Superstars of Wrestling, the commentators were Jesse and Vince. Wrestling Challenge, because a lot of these shows would air the same market. So, to give it kind of a different feel, Gorilla and Bobby were the commentating the team. So, it was like one face, one comedic heel announcer right. on both shows. And then for the WrestleManias, it was the special Gorilla-Jesse combination. And they would only do that at WrestleMania. So, it was like a once-a-year so thing. like when they do... Survivor Series, the one show a year where Raw and SmackDown people meet. <laughs> if you ignore the Michael other Cole two to three and... times, yeah. <laughs> Todd Gosh. Phillips or whoever it is. Okay. So that was why. It was just yep. the way they set it up. Well, it's a bummer because <laughs> Bobby Heenan is rules. great. Yeah. Okay, where are we at, James? Uh, we're on Primetime Wrestling 1223. Yes. Another Mean Gene On um, the network, yeah. Uh, Steamboat is physically on the man, but he will... Will he recover psychologically? <laughs> That's the question. Mean Gene bringing the feels. The feels to this. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Gene for a second, Josh. I want to hear. You said you were going to have some criticism. Let's start with Mean Gene. <laughs> that, that sounds like that's where you want me to criticize. Okay, so I will say because I was watching, I was seven, I am very forgiving of a lot of the stuff sure. I know is bad in this feud. Yeah, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I mean, that's your... I'm, right, that's yeah. your wheelhouse. That's how. Yeah, I, I'll just toss it into casual conversation, yeah. right? Um, but like when Mean Gene turns to the camera and solemn, solemnly says, "I think he's getting better due to the tremendous heart of Ricky Steamboat." It's so dumb. So it's more the performance than anything. One thing I, I but struggle. I love Mean Gene, so yeah, I forgive really it hard. all. Yeah, it's really hard to <laughs> criticize, but. One of the things that I felt like kind of bothered me, and it was mostly with the Steamboat promos, was Gene feeding him things, it seemed like. If I'm reading between the lines, it'd be like... He would try to di- do that with a lot of guys. didn't you say you were really, you know, X? And then, and then it'd be like, oh yeah, 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 also that, where <laughs> Vince is like in Gene, Mean Gene's ear, and he's like, 
don't forget about this, damn it. You know. Right. Well, yeah, except they didn't have the earpieces back then. Right. But Gene was just like the consummate like, pro. Yeah. Um, he so would feed guys lines like, all the time. a little obvious to me, but maybe not so much in 1987. I don't know. Um, it's funny, like Ric Flair's debut. Ric Flair, I bring him up. He's considered maybe the best promo of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the top two, three, five at least. In his debut on primetime wrestling for the WWF, he's amazing. He kills it. But there is a part where Bobby Heenan says, like, okay, let's focus here, Rick. Back on track. <laughs> We're just, like, out of the blue. Flair's ranting about Piper. And then Bobby goes, Rick, Rick, I think we should talk about how many years you've been challenging Hogan unanswered. Yeah. And it's just like really sort of a forceful, like, Okay, come on. We got to hit our mark here, yeah. Rick. <laughs> and yeah, they, they all had to do on. that, I think. Yeah. All right. So, James, this primetime wrestling um, is also the the infamous aforementioned the speech, speech therapy therapist. episode. Yes. And this is another like Gene Okerlund report treading on uh, strange ground. Where <laughs> explain Steam- yourself? Steamboat is like. Basically, you know, his his voice is gone. He's battling back from that. Yeah. And he's learning how to talk again. And you just see him saying the letter E over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to watch. Um, and I don't know if In that's... what way would you say it's hard to watch? Is it hard to watch because it's so forced? Or is it hard to watch because it makes you think this is what the reality would be like if something like this was taken from you? And no, it would be frustrating. Um a little bit of that, but I think mostly like, what, should we just them thinking this is a good idea? Like, okay, like them thinking that this is going to get this over, you know, as if like the crowd needs us seeing him going through speech therapy to be like connect the dots that his larynx was hurt and he could almost die and Savage is a bad dude. Okay, so let's just lay it on with the old sledgehammer and say. He Jesus. can't even barely say the letter E. So, can I say what I love about this? Of course. So, yeah, they're in speech therapy. This woman says, you know, say E. And he says, like, E. And she says, that was a good try, but I want you to say E. And so he starts trying to say it over and over. And he's getting increasingly louder, like, yelling. And he starts hitting the table out of frustration, like, over and over. And the segment just ends with him, like, slamming his, like, hand on the table going, like, E, E, E. And so, on one hand, super cheesy. On the other hand, it was kind of what I brought up. I, I thought, okay, I get why they do this. Like, they're trying to bring you into... Let's look at this guy's day-to-day life. Let's look at the boring thing and see how what Randy Savage did is like basically affecting something. It's taking something basic like your ability to talk that we all take for granted every day, mm-hmm. a lot of us do. And it's saying like somebody just removed this from you, not out of an accident, not because of some sort of... Again, like, somebody forcefully, intentionally took this away. Yeah. Like, this one thing you need to function, I'm going to steal it. Not because I even hate you, but just to protect myself, because I really want this title. I don't need it. I just really want this title, and since you're better than me, I, I just need to screw up your life. Yes. And so it underlines how evil Randy Savage is. Mm-hmm. It underlines Ricky Steamboat making him a sympathetic character. Like, yeah. okay, he's really struggling. And it also gives you hope, like, okay, he's getting better because he can say something now, but you see how hard it is. And I I that can't all, call it a good segment, but I get all everything they were going that, for. That all makes sense. I, I wonder, and I'm really not making fun of his promo skills because I don't think he's terrible. Yeah. And some of his promos are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of wondered if this was the old, you know, let's have him speak less. And it mean more kind of thing? Do you think okay. it, that played into it at all, or was it just a, a grab bag of injuries and they picked the larynx? I think it was a grab bag of injuries, and because Savage's finisher is a move to the throat, like okay. the top rip elbow, yep. I think that's why it was the larynx. Gotcha. Okay. And I, by the way, I want to say this about the segment, and basically about all these segments. This took two minutes. Right. The report, the recap, the speech therapy session, add it all up, it's two minutes long. Perfect. I miss things being this short and to the point. Absolutely. Okay, so 
The next thing, we're only going to cover two more things before we end this episode. Bobby Heenan interviews Randy Savage. I loved this so much. All right, so Heenan basically has been saying no one's asking Savage the tough questions. That's what I'm going to oh, do. Yeah. And so somebody says, all right, fine. You recorded your interview earlier. Gorilla, let's take a look. And it's, they go to it, and Heenan's like, tough questions are just like kissing his butt. Yes. So he says, I've never seen anyone do damage to someone like you did to Simo. So it's like, I've hurt people. People in my family, the Heenan family, they've hurt people. But I've never seen anyone injure somebody like you do. And he says this glowingly, like it's a compliment. And then he asks Randy Savage if he has any remorse for his actions. Do you feel sorry for the Dragon Steamboat? I felt sorry for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat when he first wrestled the Macho Man Randy Savage early in the match. And then I felt even more sorry for him when I came down off that top rope and his neck was laying on the banister. Yeah, it just sat so pretty, yeah. And then I felt sorry for him when I stood on top of the top turnbuckle and I came down... Sky high right on his throat, but I really feel sorry for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat if he ever steps into the ring with the Macho Man Randy Savage ever again. But that, all that's going to be nothing compared to how sorry I feel for him if he ever decides to step up to the Macho Man really Randy showing Savage how again. empathetic he is. And yet when he does this, Bobby Heenan's mouth is open with a smile like, Somebody's like jerk big brother just said like yeah. yeah I totally made out with that girl and he's just like smiling wide eyed like mouth agap agape turns to the camera like isn't he the best yeah. he's so awesome with some like people in what would that be whatever like twenty five years are like yes he is the best <laughs> he is the best yeah. but, but back then everyone's like oh we hate him all right so this is going to be the final thing we cover this episode um primetime wrestling 1229 the ricky steamboat statement josh you want to talk about another so, steamboat promo so basically this one i felt like was a little bit better um okay. more believable and i felt like it was uh more meaningful as well. It shows him he can say a few sentences further now. along in his voice. Yeah, in his, yeah. He has to swallow a lot between his words. You are a priority in my career right now. <clears throat> Before the end comes, you will have suffered. And it's basically just him threatening, you know, Randy Savage. But it's like he says, "Barely the top priority out. in his career right now." Yeah, yeah. but yeah, like you said, yeah, it's just kind of like. You know, this is the only thing that he can muster up is his hatred for Randy Savage. And it's almost like a driving force to help him get his voice back. Yeah. Um, I love that promo. I thought it was great. Nice. Yeah. That was another one where they sort of went with the emotional impact of it, too. And uh, back in the studio, Monsoon says Steamboat looks great. So that even though Steamboat was wearing a polo, which I was not a big fan of, <laughs> and uh, Bobby Heenan was less impressed. Like Monsoon said, you can tell he's been working out every day. He, <laughs> Bobby Heenan is less impressed and says, sure, but what else is he supposed to do? It's not like he's about to give a speech at a banquet, <laughs> laughs at his own joke, and then says, why doesn't he just retire? His career is over. If he comes back, his confidence is going to be shattered will be no good sure monsoon you think he's going to be a whole different dragon somehow and then monsoon just completely ignores him it's like all right oh. let's go to a promo for outback jack which made me so happy that i love them there. two together so much they're just the best <laughs> they are they are and so that's where this feud ends in 1986 so yes. we'll stop right there um Josh, we've had the house show match, the superstars match, a bunch of promos, the Bruno angle, which we're going to get a couple matches from in 87. How do you like it so far? Loving it. All right. Awesome. Me too. So that's all we got this week. Any final thoughts? Uh, I guess I was kind of curious. I'm going to ask in the beginning, 1986. Do you were you watching this when it was going on? I was not. I started watching right at the beginning of eighty seven. That's right. Essentially. So did you see you saw WrestleMania three, obviously. I saw WrestleMania three when I got to the video store. Yeah. Was the Steamboat Savage even Ricky in your Steamboat was brain my at all? favorite wrestler at oh, the okay. time. And so yeah, when I got action figures, essentially I, I got two for my birthday that year. The two I wanted were Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat, so I could have them wrestle in each other. In 1987? In 1987, awesome. yeah. 
Yeah, and then I got two stretchy guys for Christmas, and yeah. the two I wanted were Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage, so I could make them wrestle. But they each didn't other. make Steamboat. Mm. <sighs> I'm just kidding. They, they did. They did. They made those two. <laughs> Steamboat was a big star no, up until yeah, the eight. Tell left, from the yeah. crowd, the crowd is really into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steamboat was his own worst enemy with his career sometimes. Yeah, but and and he wasn't controversial. He wasn't hard to work with. He just would get frustrated and say there's greener pastures gotcha. and yeah one of those or or he'd put his family first and you can't fault him for that it's just not what they wanted out of their guys in the 80s yeah but good for him for doing it so next week james um our next episode we will be covering a few things leading up to and covering the infamous the infamous the much beloved yeah i don't know if infamous is infamous right is right. bad yeah <laughs> wrestlemania 3 wrestlemania 3 savage steamboat um some people still call it the greatest match in WrestleMania history. I mean, it's up there for sure. Yes. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. And three things. Speaking well, of our guy. Yeah. <laughs> to this episode more than ever, we got death. We got taxes. taxes. And Randy, Randy Savage. Savage. See ya. <laughs>